Hi, my name is Stefan Sindoni. Thank you for tuning in to another broadcast of Stefan's World. Today's date is December 3rd, 2020. My, how this year has flown by. My guest tonight is funny man, the G-man, Alan Gitlin. Alan, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Hey, Stefan, what's happening, buddy? What you up to? Well, I'm, I'm about to laugh my... Uh, my booty off right now. For those of you out there who don't know who the G-Man is, Alan, can you bring our audience up to speed and tell them a little bit about yourself tonight? A little bit about me. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. I'm a scriptwriter. Uh, I do a lot of podcast interviews. I'm the interview E, or whatever you want to call it. I'm the Earth. That's not the E. Um, been in some major movies. A few little commercials, a lot of independent movies, a couple of music videos. Matter of fact, there's one out there now. Uh, if anybody knows Little TJ, call FN, and I'm the judge in that. And it's got a tremendous amount of following on YouTube and on Spotify. So that's a little bit about my background. I've been in this industry about uh, off and on about 20 years. Okay, Alan, right now, I'd like to ask you. Now, you're living in New Jersey right now. Tell me, what's Correct. happening in your state since the pandemic? Uh, well, we have a coolest freaking fellow, as I call him, our governor. And uh, he's raised the taxes. He's raised the, uh, the roads, the, uh, uh, the, the roads, the parkway and the turnpike, the tolls, while everybody, half the state's been out of work. With no consent for us, we don't have to vote on it. He just raised them. Um, there's a 7.2 million dollar road fund that disappeared somewhere during uh, Chris Christie's uh, administration, which was the governor before him, and nobody asked where it went. Um, so they have to uh, come up with some money for our roads. And also, um, when Chris Christie was in office, he we were the second lowest, I believe, state tax on gas, and now we're second to the highest because he put a uh, he put a twenty three cents tax on our gas, and then there was a built in thing that if you didn't sell enough gas in a certain amount of time, uh, you could put another ten cents in there. Of course, during the pandemic, when half New Jersey was out of work, uh, they should have had a bill that say let's hold off until six months after COVID. Uh, you know, it was ended to see how much gas we sell, but they just put that 10 cents into effect October 1st. So not only do we get whacked with the tolls, but we got whacked with more taxes on our gas, and half the state is out of work and collecting unemployment, and that's really nice to help the people out, isn't it? Sure. I mean, they're helping themselves and not helping the people. Yeah, I mean, yes. now right now, for comedians, because I remember back in the day when I hosted uh, comedy shows in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, right. uh, we got people to come in audiences, 250 people we had, we filled right. the rooms. But now, with this pandemic, with the 25%, you know, mm -hmm. uh, maximum and uh, no alcohol after 10 p.m., how does a comedian get out there and get noticed? Um, it's very hard. Very few clubs are doing anything. Uh, a few people are doing stuff virtually or Zoom, but you can't get the crowd that you would have. And um, listen, where the comedy clubs really make their money is the liquor and the food. And if you have 25%, let's say your club seats 100 and you got 25 people in there, you, can't, you can barely pay the comedian, let alone your bills. 
So it's really not working for anybody right now. Um, and guys are not getting out there. They're trying to do whatever they can on Zoom. That's, that's the only thing you can do. Gotcha, you know, try man. out new material. As a matter of fact, just Jeff Dunn had something on the other day. It was the first thing he's done in like eight months. You know, uh, on Comedy Central. Uh, he hasn't done his act, and, and he's been home and with his two little boys from a second marriage. Um, and he just put together an act because he needed to get on TV. You know, he's got bills to pay too. He's got child support. He's got, you know, a couple of kids from his first marriage. So, um, you know, he, you know, he's one of the big time comedians right now. He's probably making the most money out of any comedian right now before uh, COVID. You know, the ventriloquist with all the, you know, Walter and Ahmed and Peanut and Bubba J, you know, all those guys, you know. And uh, he's extremely funny. Oh, uh, forget uh, uh, Jose Jalapeno. I think you're right. Right now, it's a difficult time for, to get out there to be funny. Most people are in fear. You know, they let right. the false right. evidence appear real, and uh, they're afraid to laugh because right now, yeah, you know, there's, there's not a lot of humor going on right now in this pandemic. You know, you got Chuck the Schmuck and you got Fancy Nancy. You know, and you got—I <laughs> don't mean to uh, pick on uh, on people of LGBT, but uh, you got Cuomo the Homo. You know, so uh, you know. I don't mean to pick on anybody because I have friends that are, are gay and that's fine. That's, that's your lifestyle and, you know, as long as you don't throw it on me, you know. Um, but he is a whack job. Uh, and you got, of course, Fredo, his brother, Chris, you know, who <laughs> follows in his footsteps, you know. Fredo? You mean from The Godfather, right? Yeah, Fredo Cuomo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dumb and dumber. I, you know, it's just so funny. I've watched one time... Yeah, I watched one show where Chris interviewed uh, Andrew. I was like, oh, my God, are these guys serious? I mean, they're not playing right. with a full deck. Yeah. I don't even think no. they're playing with the box. And it's just, it's just I sad. He's I mean, playing with himself, I think. <laughs> well, now he is, I guess, because his girlfriend left him. So, uh, right, and, you know. and, and, and uh, the governor's uh, girl left him, too. She's out in California. It's Andrew D., I think her name is, whatever she was. Okay. And, uh, the chef. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, somebody else is sampling the recipe right now, I would imagine. Well, it's not, it's not even one of them, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're so full of themselves. If, if I haven't met them, I'd have to make sure I have my cowboy boots on, you know? Well, you'd have to have some high boots on because they're going to eat me a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to ask you now about some stories. Uh, uh, tell me about something recently happened, something that's hard to swallow, something that, that you just ticks you off, let's say. Hard to swallow. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I told you this, uh, dating, this dating story. This is a very true dating story. Uh, about three months ago, I met this lady online who, who uh, lived on 72nd and 1st Avenue in the city. Um, she wants to meet me. She don't want to talk on the phone. You know, I just want to meet you. I'm not playing games. So I agreed to meet her in the city. I said, listen, pick out a place for lunch. And uh, a couple of days before this all, we go, we go to meet, I check out this place. And I realized that a hamburger is 30 bucks. 
Wow. <laughs> anyway, lunch cost me uh, $92, I believe, that day. Uh, no big deal. So we walk down First Avenue, and there's a little shop there. And a very pretty lady. She looked like Aunt Margaret. She built like Aunt Margaret. And um, anyway, so it is a little boutique, and she sees a, a full-length coat that she likes. And she says, do you mind if I go in and look at it? I said, sure, go ahead. You know? So she goes in, and she says to the lady, how much is it? And the lady says, $540. And she says to the lady, I'll give you $500. And the lady says, listen, this is not a flea market. <laughs> the coat is $540. <laughs> She says, well, I'll give you 500 cash right now. The lady said, listen, you don't understand me. This is not a flea market. So anyway, she continues to talk to the lady and, and the owner, and, the, and she says, do you have one of my size? She said, you know, the one in the window is going to be too small on you because you're too big on top. And she says, well, can I try it on? The lady said, listen, I'm telling you, it's not going to fit you. You need a little bigger size. So she insists on it, and the lady lets her try it on. And of course, you can't button it across the top. Okay. Um, so she said to the lady, do you, you, do, "Did you have one in my size?" She said, "Yes, I had one in your size. I sold it this morning. Uh, the lady went shopping. It's in the back." She said, "I tell you what. I give you five hundred dollars cash. Tell the lady you had a spot on it." She said, "The lady already paid me. I can't do this. What are you for with you?" <laughs> so we walk out, and I'm a little embarrassed, but uh, okay, whatever, you know. And we walk in the Central Park. And she's wearing a mask, and she's yelling at people, you motherfucker, put your fucking mask on, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And not just to one person, to everybody that doesn't have a mask on, you know? I mean, listen, I, I agree, you should be wearing a mask, but I'm not going to berate somebody if they don't want to wear it, you know what I mean? You're outside, it's not like you're in a, in a closed, you know, place. So anyway, we, we go back to her apartment, which is on the 27th floor, overlooking Central Park, and she starts picking out, she lost her husband about eight years ago, and he was hit by a cab and pushed her out of the way, so she didn't get hit, and unfortunately the man died. He was 15 years older than her, um, second marriage of both of them. Anyway, so she starts taking out his medals from Korean War. He was a doctor, he was a medic or something, and saved people's lives, he had a purple heart or something, I don't know, and she's showing me all these medals, and then she's telling me she doesn't talk to her kids that they're pieces of shit. And then she says, oh, by the way, do you want his annex? Uh, really? And then the best of all is she tells me that there's some guy she was seeing for six or eight months. And he's a millionaire. He lives in Philly. And he's been coming into the city uh, once or twice a month. And every two weeks, uh, you know, he, he stays here. Bam, bam. Thank you, man. And, and it goes on his merry way. And so she finds out that he's married. And she's telling me all this. And he says to her, well, can I still come and, and fuck you? And she says, yeah, give me $2,000 every time you come. So for the last six months, he's been doing this. Uh, which is basically being a whore, basically. You know, and she's telling me that this apartment that she lives in costs five $5,000. Now, I think I'm stepping up you know, in class here, and I found out this lady is like really in the gutter, you know? So the next day, um, I leave, and uh, I, I just didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel well. One of those days where you just wake up and you don't feel well. 
So I sent her a text and listen, I know you wanted me to come to the city today. I'm not coming in. I don't feel well. Turn the phone off. You know, I just don't really feel well today. So I get a text later on from her, you know, what's wrong with you? You're ignoring me. I said, listen, I told you the phone is off. I'm really not paying attention to the phone. I've been sleeping all day. I really don't feel well. You know, just kind of leave me alone. So the next morning, instead of saying, you know, I hope you feel better, she says to me, why do you ignore me? Why didn't you want to come in the city yesterday to see me? So I laid it all out to her. I said, listen, first of all, no guy wants to hear that you're screwing somebody else, okay? Uh, nobody in the right mind is going to take a Xanax on the first, when you first meet somebody. You embarrass me with this mask thing. You embarrass me with the store thing. And tell it, call them, no matter what kind of problems you have with your children, you don't call them pieces of shit, okay? And I said, to be honest with you, I, did, I said, I think you need help. I think you've never gotten over your, your husband's death. And I think you need help. You need to repair your relationship with your children. You need to tell this guy that's giving you two grand to screw you to get lost, number one. I said, I think you need a psychiatrist and you need to work on yourself before you can be with anybody else. <laughs> so about four or five hours later, I get a text from her saying, thank you for being so honest with me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a woman. I think I'm moving up in class, a really classy lady. And I found out that she's really lowered in well, she wasn't class. She was just a piece of ass. Yeah, I don't even know if she was that even. Because I didn't get any, so it don't matter. Well, you're better off you didn't because it would have came. It would have came with a high price tag. Oh, it would have came with a nut job. Yeah, yeah, and not a Walmart either. It might have been a, you know, Pomeranian or something. I don't know. You know, sunshine, sunshine always follows rain. So you know, things have to get better from there. It's like uh, you just have to wait for the right one. I mean, you got you got to weed through the you know the uh, the garbage till you find the uh, the treasure. Well, you know, it's a needle in the haystack. You got to try and find that needle in the haystack. That's all. Yeah, you will. You got to go through the hay to get to the needle. You know. You will. Well, you found what you don't want. Now you know what you do want because right. uh, you know people yeah. open up their mouths and uh, stick their foot in it. Exactly. So you know, let it be them, not you. But you you learned a lesson from that. It wasn't that costly. Like the other guy's lesson, and uh, no. but uh, no. it, it was nevertheless a lesson in uh, in dating. In dating, yep. Yep. So here we are, mm -hmm. December third. Year's almost over. Magic wand right. time. What do you want for the world this year? <laughs> well, I would just like to get, see this thing get get solved. This COVID, you know, get a get a if this vaccine really works. I mean, you know, too many people are getting sick. We need to go back to a normal life, whatever that is anymore. Yeah. And, uh, we need to go without masks, be outside with our friends, and be able to congregate with our loved ones, you know, without worrying. Well, you know, you know uh, you're right. You know, this, this brings up many red flags. I was just watching Channel 4 this morning. And I don't really watch the news. Uh, Today's show, I think it's called. And right. uh, the announcer comes on and says, Since 2015, Bill Gates has... Um, has spent $450 million for the CDC because he wants to get a vaccine for, for this COVID. I'm saying, wait a minute, isn't he a computer guy? What has he got to do with, you know, met the medical profession? And you realize that this magic pill that they want to get 
is not what it's supposed to be. You know, right now they, they want to people get people divided so that way they right. can take it all what they have. And it's a right. shame. And when people wake up, they'll do it. My, my, my grandfather, my Italian grandfather, not my Jewish one, but my, my Italian grandfather told me about Italy during Mussolini's reign. And uh, my grandmother's cousin, my grandmother was Teresa Ciano, and her cousin was uh, Mussolini's mistress. True story. And my grandfather had like six boys that he had to get out of Italy because Mussolini was, was going to put them into the army one by one. And right. he told me, he said that Mussolini was the worst piece of garbage that you could ever meet. But the right. Italian people, when they figured it out, they shot Mussolini and his mistress, girlfriend, and all his whole cabinet, and then hung them all upside down in Rome where people spat on them, you know, thereafter. Right. And I think what's going to happen is people in this country are going to wake up and revolt and say, you know what, we're not taking it no more. You know, no, so no. Because, uh, I know so because right now, there's no evidence. I mean, we've had the bubonic plague. We have all different right. flus. More people die from the flu every year, Alan, than are yeah. dying from this. And yeah. and uh, when you take people out of a hospital right. and you send them a test, go to an independent laboratory, comes back, false positive, then right. you send them from the hospital where they're secure, with doctors, right. to nursing homes all over the state to die. And then when the governor is asked about it, his response is, well, they were going to die anyway. Right. Well, no, Thank they weren't going to die. Thank you very much. Throw, throw, throw people out the window. Right. Their lives don't exist. Don't right. Matter. Exactly. So that way the state can uh, get back some of the money that they have been giving out, doling out over these years. And you look at it, now they want to put in Staten Island, and I'll throw this out there, South Beach, another place, facility hospitals, to send people. But in South right. Beach, there, they've got this orange zone now, and all the essential businesses will close. So that way they can bring these people into this hospital. Nobody will see them because if, if it's a Death Valley Days facility and nobody right. can be around there, then another 3,000 people can mysteriously die. But I met a man who was in a park in Totten Park in, in, in Queens, and he told me he saw all the, the body bags and the freezers and the Brooklyn docks there that were all killed from this COVID. And there was one couple whose mother or father was in a uh, Jersey hospital, and they said that they were dead. They rushed up there, and the son opened up and zip, unzipped the bag before it went downstairs to the morgue, and his father was still alive. Wow. Wow. So, Crazy shit, man. Yeah, so when... But you didn't see that afterwards uh, more, more on YouTube. That it was like one and done, because the truth is strange in the fiction. But right now, you know, if, if what I've said is true, the last place you want to go to right now is to a hospital. Now, speaking of hospitals, on November 9th, you had surgery for your heart. Tell me about that. Well, I had a heart attack four years ago on November 9th. I collapsed on the street in New Jersey, and they put a stint in my heart a couple of days later. And last February, uh, this February of 20, I did a, new, uh, a stress test and I flunked it. And the doctor didn't believe that I flunked it. And he had the equipment in his office. And he actually read the thing like three times. He didn't believe it because everything I do is, you know, right on. And uh, he said, listen, we don't want to take a chance. We want to see what's going on because, you know, you collapsed in the street and we didn't have a warning on that one. So uh, they took pictures and they found out I had a 75% blockage. 
but they didn't want to do it because that was right when COVID hit, uh, March 20th, March 12th, I believe it was. So um, I walked around with this thing. I also lost 25 pounds after uh, my heart catheterization. I had no desire to eat for 14 days. I lived on soup and water, basically. And I couldn't get out of bed. They also gave me some new medicine, which apparently I couldn't handle. Um, but anyway, um, and so at the beginning of October, I called up and I said, listen, I got to get this thing done. You know, this is going on way too long now. And we decided that my, I needed a second stint in my heart. And I said to the doctor, doctor said, when do you want it done? And I said, well, we waited seven months. We might as well wait another couple of weeks and have it done the same day as my heart attack. So I can't forget 11-9 because of my heart attack. And so we wanted to put a second stint in on the same day, which he was laughing. He's like, really? And I go, well, why do I need to remember another day for it? I just, you know, I'm getting older and my memory's getting a little shorter. So, <laughs> you know, uh, do it the same day. And so uh, I, I had a stint put out on, uh, on the 9th of November, and now it's, it's almost almost a month. And I've been back to the doctor once, and everything's good. I don't have any pain. Um, I had a little soreness, but nothing major where they went in with, in, in with the camera. You know, it was black and blue, and now it's turning orange, and I got a little lump there, but it'll go away eventually, you know. Uh, but otherwise, I feel fine. Uh, but they got me in, and uh, the surgery was done around 11 o'clock on the 9th, and I was out of there by noon um, the next day. You know, there's no reason to keep me as long as they monitor my heart. Everything's okay. Get you, get you out of here, you know. So, well, I'm uh, glad that they, they took care of that. I'm glad they didn't remove your funny bone because you still got it, bro. <laughs> well, that's well. They were pretty close though when they when they put when they went in the groin there though. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, that's the wrong bone. Sorry about that. Oh, that is my funny bone. According to some women. Won't <laughs> 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 go there. No, you did. That's okay. It's it's okay. It's fair game here tonight. Because my mother was Jewish and my father was Italian, and it, it, there was a synagogue right on my block, and right. uh, they, you know, they didn't think I was Jewish, and they would say, "Kid, you can't play here. It's Saturday, right?" So I had this uh, little beanie copter on my head, and I right. waited till just, just about when everybody was going in, and I set it off. Yeah, I set off the copter, so I mean, it didn't go too well, but that was my comedic start uh, in life. But regardless of what you are. You know, be right. proud of what you are, who you are, and realize that, you know, we're all beautiful until we open up our mouths and prove otherwise. Right. I you, know, when I, you know, when I meet somebody, they don't believe I'm Jewish. You, you, met, you know me, and yes. a lot of people don't think I'm Jewish. So if it's a guy, you know, I, I show my mezuzah. If it's a girl, I show my circumcision, you know. <laughs> and then you should show them your wallet with the leftovers from the circumcision. That's right, the tips. I keep the tips. That's right. <laughs> 
the the store to buy something, and the guy says, you know, uh, you know that wallet's awful small. And he says, you know, if you rub it a few times, it becomes a suitcase. <laughs> Bang zoom! I love that one, Alan. Yeah. Tell me your website, how people can get a hold of you, how they can... Okay, my website is www.theg-man.net. Uh, there's a phone number on there. There's probably an email address on there. You can see all the stuff I've done. Uh, like I said, I've done some major movies, a few here and there. Um, some commercials, some industrial commercials, and uh, a lot of independent stuff that uh, you probably never saw, never even heard of. But uh, it looks good on my resume, so <laughs> that's all I know. That's exactly right. The uh, more, the more. You know, uh, being an actor or comedian is a good um, dream to have, and don't give up on it. Uh, have fun, make a little money. You never know who you meet along the way, you know. And that's the main thing. Have enjoy everything you do. I enjoy uh, everything I do. I have fun with it. Um, when I'm on the set, whether it be big or small, everybody knows me by the end of the day because I make myself known. You know, I call it's called networking, and you gotta let people know who you are. You can't just go on the set and be quiet and don't do anything. You know, you gotta talk to people and get your name out there. You know. Well, so I yeah, you're right. Everything I do. You know, you're right, Alan. It's been a pleasure tonight chatting with you, and uh, you are definitely. A rising star, and uh, no one's going to stop you from shining brightly, that's for sure. And while you're around, enjoy it, because life, life is what you make it, my life friend. Is, and life is very short. People don't realize it. Yeah, we all have a born on... Grudge. Yeah. You know, I try not to hold a grudge on anybody. If you don't like somebody, just stay away from them, that's all. You're right. I mean, if you do, you know, you might as well dig two graves, one for yourself and one for the other person, so you can't get down to that level. And that's you, correct. You know, so... You know, if, if somebody crosses me... You know, I'm a really easygoing guy, and I'll do just about anything for anybody. If you cross me, there's no coming back, and I'll just stay away from you, that's all. Yeah, I'm kind you of know, the same way. I'll make sure that I'm not in your circle anymore, that's all. You're not in my circle. Yeah, I pretty, yeah, I pretty much let them turn to stone. I just turn my head, and, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and try not to get down to that level, and just try to find like-minded people. And I'm glad that I was on that train, you know, from Chicago, you going to New York, and I met you. Because uh, it's been fun, a fun ride, you know, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And I'm sure you and I will have more rides, more conversations, and uh, more, more stories to tell. So, Alan, I want to yeah. thank you tonight for coming on Stefan's yeah. World and, you, Stephen. and sharing this with me. And live as long as you want, and I never want as long as you live, brother. Okay? Correct. Correct, Stefan. Yeah. All right. We'll say All right. goodnight. And uh, Stefan Sindoni signing out. Very cool.